1: Well, that game was a little bit too close for comfort. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Philly hangs on for a 103-101 win over the lowly Sacramento Kings. Like I said, pretty damn good game overall. I'll jump into the details, but before I do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And, of course, check us out online at libertyballers.com. This game really was a tale of two halves. The Sixers were really thoroughly getting outplayed over the first 24 minutes. They were down 61-50 at the break. Joel Embiid didn't score a field goal until there was a minute 34 left on the clock in the second quarter. Mind you, he did have 12 points due to free throws at the break, but the Kings really were doing a good job of forcing him to pass out of the double teams. Unfortunately, on offense, the Sixers super sloppy in the first half, 13 turnovers. That really was the difference. That's why they were down 11 at the break. Both squads ended up shooting about 50%, but the Kings had 13 more attempts, so that should tell you why they held that cushion. But the third quarter, this is where we saw the good Sixers. Joel Embiid just... Unreal in that third quarter. Again, somebody build a statue for this guy at this point right now because, and if he's not at the top of your MVP ballot, you're clearly not doing something right because this man continues to be the reason the Sixers are what they are. He was pretty much unstoppable in that third quarter, had 17 points, was getting positioned on the Sacramento big men down low, legitimately like right in front of the hoop, bullying them when he did get the ball on the block, making sure that he was forcing guys like Rashawn Holmes, guys like Damian Jones into foul trouble, just bullying, bullying completely the Kings big men. It was interesting to see because even with Joel on the bench, Andre Drummond had a nice little spell there at the end of the third. Tyrese Maxey had some good plays. That helped Philly take its first lead since the second quarter. The Sixers ended up going on a 12-0 run and really, I don't want to say never look back at that point, but never relinquished the lead from then on. One guy who kept the Kings in this game, Tyrese Halliburton. And I do want to talk about Woj's report that the Kings are out on Ben Simmons for now, but we got a real, real close-up glimpse of what Ty- Tyrese Halliburton is and what he's capable of. And I think, man, this guy would be such a good addition to this particular Sixers roster because if you're not going to end up getting James Harden, if you're not going to get Damian Lillard, if you're not going to get Bradley Beal, sure things might change in the off-season, but right now going into a playoff where you have an MVP level candidate on your roster, Tyrese Halliburton is everything this team needs because let's be real. I don't think there's going to be a Ben Simmons for Tyrese Halliburton swap straight up wouldn't work money wise, but either way, there would still have to be some other parts. If you can get another future asset or two from Sacramento in terms of a pick, a first round pick, maybe a couple of uh, a first round picks, depending on how Monty McNair, the Kings GM values Ben Simmons, I think that would be a steal at this point because Halliburton, 38 points. De'Aaron Fox wasn't playing if you didn't know that, but 38 points for Halliburton, seven dimes, made a clutch, clutch three in the corner with with time running down. That actually gave the Kings a shot to get back in this one and rewatch that online if you can. The shot clock was running out. He chucked up this desperation three from the right corner, ended up hitting it. That bought the Kings within two. And then somehow George Niang got called for a five-second violation. He did try calling timeout. The Kings bench were yelling at the refs. They ultimately sided with them, saying that it was a five-second violation. Harrison Barnes ended up missing a three-pointer to win it. But back to Halliburton, that shot that he made to even give give the Kings a chance, man, that was amazing. And, And that's what really Philly has been lacking. And you watch the first half of this game. Joel Embiid was struggling. Sacramento was doing a good job of getting the ball out of his hands. But what was happening at that point was nobody else outside of Tobias Harris, who had a good first half as well, he had 11, but nobody else was able to create. And that caused a lot of uh, turnovers because the Sixers are almost overpassing. Guys were caught in the wrong position. Guys were caught getting sloppy, trying to play too much one-on-one, just putting their head down and trying to get to the rim. And that's what resulted in the 13 turnovers in the first half. But then when you see what Tyrese Halliburton could bring, which is not only setting the table for the offense, but being able to break the defense down, being able to hit some pull-up threes that keeps the defense honest. I think he's the perfect, perfect addition at this point, and I've, I've said this before as well because I covered the Kings last season. Halliburton would be such a great fit on this roster. Again, I don't know if he's going to elevate the Sixers to a championship this season, although I think he would be a, a key, key piece in a second-round series that if Joel can put up big numbers, 30-35 to 35 a game in the in the second-round series – then Tyrese Halliburton could be that secondary or third piece that really the Sixers lack because Maxi, as good as he's been, Seth Curry, as good as he's been, returned to the lineup for this one, they're both up and down in terms of their offensive production. And I think that's what the, the key is for the Sixers is being able to find some more pieces that are going to be able to score when Joel is struggling. And I said that on the last podcast that sure, Tobias Harris is, is putting up 18 points a night, but Is he going to do it consistently? And I think Halliburton is consistent enough that you know what you're going to be getting for him or Doc Rivers can rely on Tyrese to be a key piece. want to jump into the report that Woj put out on Friday, basically saying the Kings are out as of right now for Ben Simmons. We'll do that after a short break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a
0: parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: All right, we're back. Yeah, just wanted to share some thoughts on on the fact that the Kings are reportedly out for now on Simmons just because Daryl Morey's reported asking price is way too much. But if the Kings are looking at this from a perspective that we're going to build around Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox and you're not going to give up any of those guys in order to acquire a meaningful piece, who do you think you're going to get? Like, Who does Monty McNair think that a piece like Buddy Heald or a piece like Harrison Barnes, or Marvin Bagley, even a combination of those three, Like, do you actually think you're going to get a meaningful player for that? Because I don't. And I think if the Kings are being ridiculous in terms of saying, well, we're not even going to start the conversation with Halliburton or Fox, forget it. Yeah, good thing. Please drop out of the running because there's no point in settling for a well, while. Wow, we'll take Harrison Barnes and Buddy, Buddy Heald. Like, why would the Sixers do that? At best, that's a lateral move, right? Not going to make them any better. So hearing this hurts the Sixers' negotiation standpoint with other teams because we've heard John Collins from Atlanta. You're looking at that as a, as a potential piece. But again, nobody else really on the Hawks other than Trey Young moves a needle for the Sixers. And Portland seems to be out at this point. Looks like the Trailblazers are just going to be happy to try and stay in the play-in race, punt the season, and see what happens in June and July if they can improve the roster around Damian Lillard. And the Wizards aren't a free-for-all, right? Bradley Beal been a little bit more contentious, I would say, in terms of with the media when he's answering questions about his future with the franchise. So at this point, the Kings dropping out hurts, but I don't disagree with Dale Morey if he's saying, hey, man, nothing else on that roster really excites us other than Tyrese Halliburton at this point, even De'Aaron Fox, bit of a clunky fit there with Maxi and Embiid. So Halliburton would be the guy I'm going for. You could see why the Kings want to hang on to him. But if they're not willing to part with anything meaningful, why even bother at this point trying to negotiate with them? It's almost a waste of time. I did tweet this out as well. You can catch up with me on Twitter at JazKang21. That's J-A-S-K-A-N-G-21. And what I put out there was, hey, man, Tyrese Halliburton, the best fit for this roster at this point. Let me know your thoughts. If you agree with that, you can feel free to hit me on Twitter. So let me know your thoughts. If you want to engage with me on Twitter, you could do that, and I'd be happy to I don't want to say debate, but maybe discuss we can debate as well. We can discuss what you think about Tyrese Halliburton's fit with this squad. But overall, again, the Sixers, but looking at this in the bigger picture for the Sixers, this win in particular, they've now won four straight sitting at 30 and 19 overtake Brooklyn for the division lead. At the time of recording this podcast, it looks like the Warriors are going to beat the net. So the Sixers will have a one game advantage on Brooklyn. As of this point, sitting in third in the Eastern Conference. Only two games behind Miami for first. So everything's still on the table right there. We only have less than two weeks now until the trade deadline. Now the question becomes, what will Daryl Morey do? And what we've heard from the NBA insiders is that the Sixers are willing to wait until the offseason. We can debate if that's a waste of Joel Embiid's prime, a year of it, at least for now. And again, at the level he's playing at, do you want to risk doing that with the NBA landscape kind of wide open at this point? Sure, you got Phoenix and Golden State, Memphis and John Morant creeping up in the Western Conference. In the East, I think it's wide open. If the Sixers can get one more playmaker, they're going to be a tough, tough out come time for April, May, and June. And so we're going to have plenty to discuss about this on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Don't forget to subscribe to us as well. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are there. Always appreciate a five-star review if you feel inclined to give us one. And of course, check us out at LibertyBallers.com. That'll do it for this episode. Steve, Dan, Emily will be back with the Gastroenteritis Blues on Sunday. And they'll have a recap for you coming up on Monday as well.